This is the Mindvox podcast hosted by Claire Jacobs and Catherine Matlock. Mindvox is a space to talk about our minds and mental health, so we cover topics that can be of a sensitive or triggering nature. We will always highlight the topics we cover in the show notes of each episode's description. Please note, we're not medical experts, we're only experts of our own mental health experiences. To find out more about the pod, visit mindvox.co.uk or at mindvoxpod on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Welcome to the Mindbox podcast with me, Catherine, and me, Claire. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Are you all right? Yeah, manic, manic, as always, which yeah, is kind so... of quite relevant for today's topic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because obviously we, we've had a bit of a rush trying to get this one done, and you're sitting in your car outside. I am recording <laughs> live from my car, yeah, and <laughs> outside just... preschool. Yeah, and I was just roughly around like, hmm, let's fit it in where we can, because this is the delights of trying to do a pod without children interrupting us, isn't it, I suppose? Um, <laughs> yeah, but this one, we were looking at ADHD. Um, the reason we were going to do this, I think, well, October is ADHD Awareness Month. I didn't know that. That's how aware I was. Um, and I am at the moment in process of being assessed for ADHD which is something I would never have ever thought I had because of the way society talks about what it is and it's actually so much more different than that isn't it because I mean you've you yourself have got a lot of experience as well so I don't know if you want to start with looking at well what what ADHD is and yeah, what, your what, what it is or the experience like or ADHD like I my eldest Elodie has got ADHD and um, she's 11 she's obviously a girl so it's always thought of as being a it's always sort of being a kid thing isn't it and nobody mm. thinks about adults with ADHD um which is obviously where your experience comes in um and no one really thinks of it as being a girl thing it's always like a little boy yeah um an inverted comma naughty little boy thing isn't it and that's all it's been kind of thought of I think for decades really um yeah and I didn't Elodie first Elodie had a diagnosis of uh she's autistic since she was four and it wasn't she wasn't it wasn't until she was 10 that she was diagnosed with the ADHD on top and we it, it was kind of at the point where we'd been through all the family um learning programs about autism and those techniques just weren't working but we weren't questioning the autism diagnosis she you know she ticks ticks it the box to a t but at the same time we started thinking i think there's something else going on here and our gp agreed with us um and then yes like six years after her autism diagnosis we got the adhd diagnosis and it's difficult because they're quite they're very conflicting those two things so yeah yeah, and I think what I've noticed, yeah, is there seems to be a really big um, correlational. I don't have correlations the right word, but there's there's a, there's a big thing about a lot of children with autism can have ADHD or vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's not as sort of rare as even I thought, because like you said, they're very. Okay. When you look at the the diagnosis and the symptoms of both of those, they're so opposite. To so think they that are. someone has both is it, quite. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Elodie has the, um, you know, she she doesn't do it so much now. But growing up, I mean, typically, yeah, she would line everything up. Everything had to be very organised. Everything had to be at specific times. And then when you think of ADHD, it's like there's no organise. It's like there's no mm-hmm. organisation. It's really funny how those two things kind of coexist in one one brain. And I think it's hard to to. It's, it's very hard to manage because <laughs> the management techniques for both are so contradictory but it must be very hard to live with mm. and I think I mean we could start with really talking about what ADHD is because I was always aware that it's someone that could be very hyperactive and yeah it is the step it's a stereotypical sort of boy running around can't sit still and even watch a television program without needing to move but it's so much more than that so when I've been I've been doing a bit of research because I'm actually writing a a 
piece on my website about ADHD in adults because it is so different. And what people like the NHS say is that ADHD is a chemical problem in the management system of the brain and it's classed as a developmental disorder and it can apparently first appear in childhood and can continue in adulthood but it can change and the way it looks and that's why what you see as a stereotypical boy running around like like a crazy bunch with no Mm -hmm. like a sugar rush Mm -hmm. a boy a man with ADHD will present usually quite different and again it's very different in girls and very different in women which is the thing that's why I never ever thought I would even be considered because I'm not someone that's hyperactive in the slightest I'm actually quite lazy um I'm quite slow <laughs> Elodie's really easy things. but also hyperactive it's a, it's a weird dichotomy yeah well the interesting <laughs> thing is they say it's sometimes especially for girls the hyperactivity is in actually in the thoughts as opposed to the body yeah and they not could be very yeah, so the mind is constantly got three million thoughts racing, whereas the average person, you know, would be a lot slower. And I've definitely always had that. And but again, there's a line of is it anxiety? Because that can bring you a rush of thoughts, or is it ADHD? But then they say that ADHD, one of the symptoms of it is anxiety. Yeah. And I did not a, know that. When LED was diagnosed with the ADHD, it was that she actually came away with a dual diagnosis of anxiety and ADHD. But they, the, the psychiatrist who assessed her said, we basically don't really tend to see one without the other. They, they are, mm-hmm. the comorbidity is strong in that one. <laughs> oh, wow. And that, yeah, and I think I originally was looking at my partner thinking if he got ADHD um, and autism, which is, again, a common theme, because of the way he couldn't focus on certain things and only by talking to mental health practitioners about my anxiety did I start to sort of question is it something else and they did a quick screening of ADHD five six questions or something and I got five of them and they're like well yeah that's highly likely so you should be assessed Um, but I think that the big issue is not many adults know that they have it a lot of people with ADHD especially women are told you have anxiety disorders or you're mm-hmm. depressed and it's never ever thought that those could be symptoms of that and that's the thing I find really fascinating and that's why I wanted to talk about it because so many people assume it's one thing but it's so much more isn't it and I guess for you you've got mm-hmm. a, you've got a daughter so you've got the female version of it essentially but you've also got she's mixed with autism as well which has its own conflicts and I suppose when you got the diagnosis later for the ADHD, what what symptoms did she have for that that made that obvious then that it was that and not just autism? I always find this a really hard question to answer because it's so hard for us. I mean, it's part of why we struggle. It's so hard for us to know what behaviour, what condition causes what behaviour. If we understood that, we could then look at the management techniques for that condition and go, right, we need to do this, that. But we just don't. We really, really don't know what comes from from where. We just knew there was kind of something else going on and we weren't sure what. But the GP said, I, I, I think she needs to be referred for... Um, further assessment he referred us to cams twice cams uh, it's a whole another topic but if you already have one diagnosis they won't assess you for anything else and in the end our gp said if it was my kid i'd go private and we went private Mm. um and yeah she came out with an adhd and anxiety diagnosis um but as for what behavior is what i mean she's very some of the, the just the key examples I guess I can give you that we they they kind of covered in our assessment we took you know you'd say to Elodie oh can you put that plate down you should have a plate in a bedroom can you put that plate in the kitchen we had a computer desk in the living room just outside the kitchen we'd find the plate on that desk because she'd get as far as that and sort of get distracted put the plate down and that's where that would live she can't like following that task through to the end mm it's it's the distraction is is huge huge mm. um demands yeah, that is one of the symptoms on, isn't it yeah massively, distracted. Massively. yes yeah. and she is she is um but but one of the symptoms of autism is that you're hyper focused on your topic of interest and she still is she if it's something she is very much into that will be the be on end or and she will give that her all 
But other things that she doesn't really care about, she'll just genuinely forget and she will swear black is white but you hadn't asked her or she didn't know and uh, and you know the rest of us know that's not the case but I think she really really believes it it just she just can't retain that but what I find funny about that the description you've just done when I keep reading about um ADHD I'm like well I do focus on things and you know there's always that stereotype that if they don't do well at school because they couldn't focus because they might have ADHD well I did very well at school and actually the description is some people particularly females of ADHD they hyper focus on things of interest so it sounds like you know Elodie will do that but then things they don't find interesting they struggle to focus on things they don't so what you've just labeled as the autistic part of her yeah it's actually also a, a pure symptom of ADHD is that you only focus on what you're interested in and you they find know. that easier and you can't focus on things that just bore you. And, and I and get that, that a lot. Like, that's exactly what I mean when I can't answer the question about what symptoms was it that you mm. thought weren't. Like, honestly, I couldn't, I could still couldn't tell you. We just knew that we had been through so many parenting classes for autism and mm over the weeks parents would come in and they'd be they'd have started where we started and we're all on this in the same boat and I thought this is good we're not alone and as the weeks went on and we're implement all the families implementing the strategies and they're all dropping away from us and they're coming in beaming and I was sat once in the classroom and they're all telling recounting their stories of how the strategies have been working amazingly and I just sat in the classroom with people around all the families around me and cried because that this what are we doing wrong we're doing everything and it is not working um then it was a couple of years I think she did that I think we did that when she was about eight so a couple of years later then we got the ADHD diagnosis got put on an ADHD course same thing the people are you know and the the ADHD Mm. one of the key strategies I always come back to that I'm told is to get them to focus you look them in the eye directly and you tell them she's autistic anyone knows a classic autism symptom is issues with I can't do that Mm. and everyone again the feedback from this course was it's amazing it's our life has changed with our son or daughter as a result and me and Jamie they're going yet again another course we've done that hasn't helped and the most honest thing I appreciated it it doesn't get us any further forward but there was honesty was one of the leaders when I expressed this frustration said you've got a dual diagnosis the Mm. techniques to manage the behavior are so contradictory I can't in in all good faith put my hand on my heart and tell you that they're going to work because it's going to be really really hard for you and things are not going to work and it yeah you want you want a magic pill that makes Mm. it work Two, going through these two courses and finding it wasn't working nothing's working and all you know comparing it to your peers who are like wow our lives changed and it makes you feel worse mm. I appreciated her honesty to say ultimately you've got a dual diagnosis nothing's going to really work for you you just gotta you just gotta do what you gotta do to, to get to get through and almost I like a try the different things from both sides and see yeah. which ones work yeah. and discard the ones yeah. that just don't work for her but then I'm surprised because of the such of the high correlation of people that tend to have both those conditions why those courses don't reflect for the people with dual diagnosis because there's a lot of them yeah there must be lots of us I mean I'm in some parenting or sort of um support groups on Facebook and lots of the children do have the dual diagnosis but I think we're in the the groups I'm in are groups like um, real challenging behaviour groups, uh, mm. special needs groups. And I think we've got, I guess we've come together to those groups because it is so challenging because mm. the, the things we're told just don't work for your child and we're all in that same boat. So it's pro- it probably is kind of a natural consequence of that, that, m- that a lot of those children there do have dual diagnosis because we don't, we don't find the other groups, the other places supportive mm. for us. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think what what I've been sort of looking at is it is so different from what society I believe believe. Like every time I say to someone, Oh, I'm being assessed, they're like, What? You? How can you have a you don't run around like a crazy person? And then some people that have known me a long time are like, even as a kid, you were very quiet, you wouldn't say boo to a goose, you would sit there and do whatever you were told. And I think when I've then started to read it, uh, apparently girls 
when when they're young they they can have symptoms like being withdrawn crying easily daydreaming oh, oh any- gosh yeah. <laughs> oh tick 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 yep yeah, yeah and things like disorganized and messy I've always been quite messy but it's like I know where things are so it looks very messy oh, on the outside, but I know where things are. <laughs> but then I do lose things a lot. It's quite, yeah, it's quite I, I sort of can't go from both ways. Like I'll have a desk at work that's very messy. But usually if you say, where's that? I'll probably know what area. I mean, it won't know mm-hmm. exactly, but that's more organised for me than, I don't know, I just the, the thought okay. of trying to label it or I couldn't do it. So maybe that is something, but forgetful is a big one. And I have always been very forgetful. I've always been told I don't listen, but I do. I just don't retain it. Um mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, my yeah. hyperactivity was in my head, always overthinking absolutely every tiny thing. I was, and it, apparently other things, like you seem shy. I was very shy, um, you know, verbally impulsive. So I do interrupt. And as you probably know, I'm always interrupting people. It's not on purpose. It's literally because for me, my thoughts go so quick. I'll, I'll hear someone say something and I'm like, oh, I must remember to say this because that links with that. But if I don't say it now, if I wait for them to stop, it will will have left my brain and there'll be some three other, 3,000 other thoughts would have happened by then. So it's that fear. It's not me like, oh, those there, what they say doesn't matter. It's literally, I have to get it out or else I'll have no contribution to this because I'll have forgotten by the time they stop talking Mm -hmm. and it will just silent and it won't work. Um, Similarly, I can't deal with silence very easily. That's why therapy is really hard for me when they do those on purpose silence is because yeah. they want you to reflect <laughs> and I'm like this is I painful I can't do it <laughs> yeah. yeah and I that's the thing and I, yeah and I the other scary thing I'm looking at when I've been looking into this is so that's like sort of female stuff but also I think there's this crazy statistic where yeah a person with this condition is apparently six times more likely to have other mental health issues things like OCD ODD um, learning difficulties now um, anxiety I think definitely depression and anxiety are my ones Um, I don't know for Elodie but also how genetic it is because apparently genes are everything with this one it comes definitely from parents um, and it's like do you ever worry about yourself or no, 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 no. I'm absolutely categorical. I don't have ADHD. Um, I think that um, Jamie, my husband, Elodie's dad, the more we look at it together, and I would, ne- it would never have come into my mind. He's always thought, he's always thought, oh, I think maybe I'm autistic. Maybe that's where it comes from. Looking at ADHD now, again, mm. he's achieved very highly. He, you know, mm. he did, he didn't do. The problem is. And where you goes back to what you were saying with, well, I always achieved well at school, but you don't know how much better you could have achieved. That's yeah, definitely. That's the and we've struggled with this. We can't get um the HCP for Elodie because they're she's a very bright, very clever cookie. Mm. Very smart on, and they're like, Well, she does well. And like, the frustrating thing for Jamie and I is we know her potential far mm. outweighs performance but she just can't, can't apply herself. And Jamie was much the same. I mean, he came out of school with like, I mean, I don't think he could ever speak French to save his life. We got like things like an F, like grades, kind of fairly low grades, considering he is very, very switched on. He's taught himself in sort of two Mm. years, an entire new job where he's like senior with no Mm. experience at all. He's yeah that sounds like the hyper focus doesn't it he enjoys that so he will learn it but if it's a subject he's got no interest in he'll probably really struggle and he couldn't he cared about football so he did well at football and didn't Mm. care about anything else um but but now the the, you know when he's it's something he's passionate about and got an Mm. end goal he can stick to it can he pay a bill on time no Money is a big one in ADHD, budgeting and it's that remembering to do things. So you have to learn all these extra strategies to do what most people find normal and easy. He's he's data. He's a data scientist. Budgeting is a spreadsheet. He can do a spreadsheet. Mm, mm. Uh, He'll still be like, I don't really care about that. Should we get, should we just treat ourselves to a hot tub? (laughs) You know, Mm. not in the budget (laughs) anywhere, but that kind of thing. But, but the, his life admin his thousands and I'm not even exaggerating over a thousand unread emails in his inbox I can't stand one unread email that's not being actioned and he's just 
notifications on his phone, just not dealt with. Yeah, I'm like that. Bills come in, they're put on his desk, they're put in a pile of bills, they don't get opened, they don't get paid. I'm the one that's like, what's this when I'm cleaning his messy desk? Bringing the council going, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please don't take away our right yeah. to pay in installments. <laughs> you know? uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm. That's what I'm very, very sure. I don't have HD. I'm very on on it with all of that stuff. Or, or... But then I, I'm quite on that. But that's because I oh, know. Yeah. But as if, if I, it's that fear of if I don't do it immediately, if I don't pay that thing, so I've seen it now. I will forget. Yeah. So I've learned the strategy of I have to deal with it now. I then uh, if I look at a WhatsApp message, oh my god, I get very scared. Like if I know it's something I can't deal with right now, I'm busy. I can't look at it. I have to leave it as a notification at the top so that I have to because if I swipe that away, yeah, no, I will forget I to answer. I'm that's really actually, bad. Yeah. Then they say as well with ADHD yeah. and females, there can be OCD, and I know OCD is something I you think- you struggle with find it hard to understand how OCD and obviously I'm not a doctor the doctors are saying it does it does but my OCD is like the antithesis of ADHD (laughs) and I can't I can't see how they would how they would overlap and obviously yeah I wonder if it's because anxiety is a key part of it and when you have anxiety you want to control and you will learn Mm -hmm. strategies and OCD it can be something that you learn um, I don't know it's a, it's a tricky one really but it's weird because when you look at the boys so there's this massive list for girls with ADHD and you look at the boys and it's just running and shouting playing too roughly bumping into things and then it completely changes and then adults again is a whole new level for me what I found most interesting is looking at the symptoms in adults because they are really different to what you see with uh, children um I mean, I've been had, I looked at a list and there was things like lack of focus, which I guess you would get with kids. And I imagine Elodie has a mm-hmm. lack of focus at times and probably a hyper focus in others, which I think we've mentioned. I think she's interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that that can also include things like not finishing tasks and projects. And I'm really good at, I will start lots of tasks at the same time so that some of them don't end up getting finished and. I've noticed that about myself since looking at, oh, could I have this? Um, like I'll start with, I need to hoover the house. So I'll start hoovering. Then halfway through, I'm going, oh, that needs dusting. So I get out the dust and polish and I'm dusting at the same time. So I put the hoover down, I'm doing that. And then I'm like, oh, I need to rearrange that bit. And I need to sort that. And oh, I need to wash the floor. So I'll quickly go in and washing the floor in the other room. And I literally, I will do three, four, five different things at the same time. And none of them get completed because they're all getting done at the same time i don't know if jamie can be like that does he start a lot of projects or um just the nature of his job really means he's got like i mean they're supposed to have they call them points they're supposed to have 40 points a maximum of 40 points a week each um to be able to to function he had 99 this week just gone wow (laughs) just insane so kind of he's it doesn't daunt him in the same way that that would daunt me he's just like well I just will keep doing till it's done but I think he finds himself like you say getting doing one bit then swapping to something else something he found helped him actually is he's got a little timer and he'll be like right until that timer goes off I'm doing this task then I can move on to this one and he's had to put that in place Mm, massively whereas my OCD this is where I kind of find the big difference from it and obviously it's there's some comorbidity so that wouldn't be the case with everyone but one of the reasons I think I haven't got ADHD um, and it's kind of from Jamie's side is I have to do things in a certain order I won't start anything until something's done even when I was in the police there's um, they're called MG forms manual of guidance forms to put a file together and you've got MG1s MG2s MG3s you don't do those in order um like you you don't like an mg11 comes before like way before an mg3 or an do you know what i mean but mm. my brain finds that really hard so i'll i found a way that i could cope with that by writing some text that would work for both but oh. things not being in order and not being like compartmentalized like that is just very very hard for me whereas yeah jamie it's like he is the opposite he will and Elodie 
says it's like having loads of tabs open on mm. on a screen all yeah. at once and you're all doing it all oh. um so yeah like kind of uh, classic ADHD I guess which is really opposite I could not cope my brain would not cope with that um I could I admire people that can <laughs> yeah no I, I, I could have thought well, was I really like that years ago but now I think about it even when I used to work in the office and I'd have various things I'd be doing with all of my service users I would have quite a few different things up on there so I'll start one report on something then I get a bit board or I go oh I need to do that and then I'll flip to something else so they're all in the background and I'll keep moving I used to keep moving what I was doing each report you know and things like that and then I would do an odd email then do a quick phone call then go back to it I couldn't like just sit there and go right I'm going to spend the next two hours just doing this report finish that and then do that and even with studying I'd have this big book of things I was revising or if I had to do coursework I'd get bored of doing a page and I'd end up doing a different section of the coursework for a bit and then go back so looking back, I'm like, I can see things that, oh, maybe I do have this then because I I thought I was super organised. But I think it's because you get distracted or you get bored mm-hmm. because, yeah, and you need to do something else. You can't. But then they say you hyperfocus, which is the complete flip side. That's mm-hmm. another symptom of um, adult ADHD. And I think I do hyperfocus. I get really into something and I learn lots about it. And then I get bored and I stop doing it. So I've had a fair few hobbies over my adult life, I think. Like allotments, I've never touched mud in my life. Hate the thought <laughs> of it. Then thought, you know what? Apparently it's really good for mental health. Got myself an allotment, self-taught myself for two years, grew lots of vegetables, nearly hurt my back hugely in the process, but it was amazing. Loved it. Moved area, had to give up the allotment. Thought, oh, I'll still grow it in my garden. And I've, I still have the occasional, I've got some tomatoes. I've got a few like squashes and patty pans but I don't really manage it anymore and crystals I got really into now I don't really do crystals so much and I can list so many things I think oh my god that's I get so into it and then I stop I'm really scared that this pod's gonna (laughs) gonna be one of them like oh I'm gonna do a pod and then oh (laughs) what am I gonna talk about this week oh let's just not bother um and disorganization is another one is is Jamie quite organized what's he like no no. I don't think he is. I don't know how he he copes because he's got a very organised job. He always has had. You know, he's in the police. You have to be quite disciplined. But I don't think he's organised. All life admin, like um, like I was saying, goes out the window and has to be left to me. Um, mm. Yeah, like the example of him, literally thousands of unread emails in his inbox, and I mm, don't I'm like that. <laughs> oh no, I can't even. I can't do that. <laughs> oh I can't there's some of them you just feel I'm never gonna need to read that yet and the starred emails is off the Richter scale I must go back to them and usually I don't that's really bad isn't it yeah to be fair I have I leave them on unread if I think oh I'll come back to it and the chances of me going back to it are slim to none it's got to the point now I used to pride myself on having zero unread emails I mean it doesn't mm. mean they're unread like I say I'll mark them as unread now I've got mm. 99 plus it says so that's not ideal oh, I bet someone's gonna be on their um, emails later <laughs> no well uh it's got to the point that I can't cope with that to the extent that I have genuinely considered setting up another email address so I oh, can right. start a clean straight slate again that's how my brain works I can't stand wow. it it's kind of cluttered and messy and untidy and disorganized as much as those emails are things I thought I might mm. need to go back to and haven't needed to obviously um so you do kind of so... have that trait, but you found ways mm. to avoid it. So when you're like, oh, yeah. there's no way I've got it, I'm like, mm, well, I don't know. Maybe. You, maybe you've just found some maybe. amazing ways to hide it and deal with it. Like I have found ways, like you said, I, if they're really important, they go back to unread because I have to, I will, will forget. So I'm quite similar in that sense. But um, mm-hmm. one of the things that I always there just on the screen, forgetfulness is another symptom. So that's why I have to do it because I forget a lot of things. It scares me. I literally have to put in my calendar on Google, like wash Noah today, like as in wash, you know, um, wash your hair because um, I will forget to do that um, because okay. I just go get distracted. I didn't used to be that bad, but I've definitely got worse. I thought it was a parent thing. I've got mum brain or whatever, but... I don't know if it is, to be honest. No, Elodie is a nightmare for washing her hair. I told her, wash your hair every day. 
so that at least sometimes it would get washed. Um, mm. She had a hair done, went to the hairdressers last week, I think it was. And the hairdresser said, uh, who's our neighbour? So she walked about around. She said, um, oh, I've told her to, to just drop down to washing her hair every other day rather than every day. I'm like, she doesn't actually wash it every day. I tell her to wash it every day. So when she's asked by the hairdresser, how often do you wash your hair? She'll say every day oh. and they'll go, oh, that's too often. No, mm-hmm. I'll be lucky if she washes it once a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's just because she just, oh. I tell her to go, she'll have a shower, she'll have a shower. She'll forget entirely she was meant to wash her hair and yeah mm-hmm. that is classic isn't it and mm-hmm. I think Im- impulsivity is another one um now see I'm not even obviously diagnosed but I do relate a lot to these and, and with that I think am I impulsive but yeah because I'll go do you know what I want to go on holiday and I'll book it well, no not anymore but yeah when I had the money I'll book it and leading up to it week up to it, I'm going why why did I do that I don't want to go I don't want to do this this no why am I doing this and I'll regret it same for certain activities that I'll be like yeah we'll do that let's book that in let's let's do this family activity and then on the day I'm like I don't want to do it why did I do that how stupid was that or sign myself up into a course that I don't actually need and do you know what I mean so I do have I can see yeah. bits of it I can see bits of it I mean is Jamie impulsive or is Elodie impulsive or um jamie definitely not impulsive um elodie probably yes because she doesn't think anything through she'll just she 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 just does stuff i don't know how much of that is her age like because ada also does it like spring things on me and i hate i mean i can't have things sprung on me i really can't i'm wondering if i'm potentially because the aut- Elodie's autism has come from somewhere. And the more I think about it, the more I have to have things in order. I ha- I can't have things sprung on me. I need to know what's happening when. So, it, yeah. but, I mean, okay. Elodie's got both. So, but it's, yeah, mm-hmm. I, it, yeah, it's really strange. I, I'm, I don't think I'm impulsive. Um, well, some of it that it says here, it's not just that what I've described. Apparently, they say it can be acting without thinking of the consequences, interrupting others during chats, which as people hear already, I do that a lot in this pod. I'm, I'm very embarrassed about it, but it's like I have to get it out. I can hear it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jamie's had to answer the door, so the dog is barking. So Jamie's run down to get the door to stop the dog barking and Ophelia's run into me. <laughs> Bless her. It's all right. We'll keep it real. This is what happens sometimes. Uh, it's a kids. mum podcast, you know. We're exactly. Mums. You have happens. to expect it. I'm waiting for my dog to start barking at some point. It will happen. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, so interrupting. I do that a lot. And it can be things like being um, so apparently socially inappropriate. So maybe saying things that others wouldn't say. And it can even be, they've said, getting cross or struggling not to show anger when you're in queues or traffic jams. I really go nuts when people do my night in a queue or or if I'm driving and oh something's gone wrong or someone's really done something bad, like swerved or done something. I'm just like, what the hell? And I, I really get so annoyed. So maybe it is a thing then. Maybe I That's me. That's a hundred percent me. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have such road rage. Such road rage I really do I just can't stand it I'm very impatient very very impatient I can't stand waiting or queuing or anything like that I'd rather if there's a traffic jam drive 20 odd miles out of my way to keep moving than just sit in that traffic I can't stand it yeah god part of being I'm very very impatient yeah well maybe that I don't know if impatience is the one well yeah it could be that's I mean some of these things obviously will be attributed to other personality characteristics mm. it's not saying that everyone that's got these would have adhd obviously not but yeah i think the emotion side is, is a big one where it's apparently always linked to or often not always often linked to depression and anxiety it can cause mm. moods to be up and down well i definitely have those um irritability i have a, a huge lot of that and apparently like explosive temper i can do not not violently but verbally i'm i'm a nightmare and hugely sensitive to criticism which I am noticing recently that I am. Um, my partner's I like anything. Am. Yeah, I, I, well, a lot of people nice are though. though. Aren't they? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't think it's nice, but the oh gosh, kind of explosive tempers and things. Elodie, to a T, absolutely, mm. she can't handle kind of big emotions. She just 
explodes in anger. When I'm sad, it tends to present as anger, um, but not explosive anger, just kind of a low constant. Irritability, possibly. Irritability, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Elodie is very, very um, challenging when she's um, distressed, I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other ones sort of just listing this negative self-image, which, yes, I have. Lack of motivation. So that's things like not finishing those tasks because they get boring, which we've talked about before. Restlessness Mm -hmm. now and anxiety is huge for me. My head does literally never shut up. It's constant. Um, Even when people say meditate, I'm like, you don't understand. Having to sit there and try and think of nothing when you have these sort of conditions, it's there is too much going on. It just does not happen. It's really hard. It takes a lot of energy mm. to try to meditate, which is supposed to be relaxing and calming. It's the opposite for me. It stresses me out. It used to me um, because I have anxiety. And mm. so I know what you mean with like your head is never quiet. It's so busy always. Um so yeah, meditation and breathing exercise used to stress me out. It's like, well, I, what if I'm breathing wrong? What if, why can't I get stuff out of my head? I can't do it. I can't do this. It's more stressful. But where I've done meditation training, um, subsequently, it's not about having an empty mind. I mean, people that practice in literal com- communes for years and years might be able to achieve an empty mind, but probably not. It's about letting that thought come and being like I'll come back to you and it just it comes into your mind and then it you can like it goes out and there'll be lots of those coming in and out and when you Mm. kind of accept you're not going to have an empty mind there's going to be thoughts and that's okay let it go it's kind of more about that than trying to empty your mind and since I've kind of recognized and accepted that I found meditation to be relaxing but yeah before I really didn't it was very stressful like you feel like there's a right way and a wrong way and I was constantly doing it wrong and that's Mm. um but the bit where you were saying about um very um upset by criticism take it very personally I do but particularly so if it's coming from myself I'm very very critical of myself and so Mm. yeah meditation was a spiral (laughs) um I think once you kind of recognize what it's actually about it can be beneficial it's not going to work for everyone but I find it really helpful yeah I've always been told just sort of let them float by like feathers or whatever going up in the sky let the torches go by and I find even that hard to do because I I get there's so many of them it just feels like Mm -hmm. I need a little bit of a gap but yeah it's I can definitely see the benefits um and the other side of the restlessness is things like fidgeting now I'm always fidgeting and I've noticed since we've had to all have this lockdown stuff like everything from zoom I'll sit on panels and I am moving constantly to the point that I actually turn my camera off because it must distract everyone else. Um, and I'll do it on here and I'm trying to stop myself now. And that's, I suppose they call that masking where you try not, to, I'm always mm-hmm. tapping. My legs are always shaking. I'm always picking my fingers. I'm always having to physically, I'm always touching my face um, or my hair. Or, yeah, I can't not do anything. I can't just sit still, even if I'm watching something. It's, and the other one is talking at high speed. I do that when I get really anxious and people are like, I do not know what you're saying. You need to slow down. That's quite a common one for me. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I talk quickly and I'm used to other people talking quickly. Um, so sometimes when people voice note me, I'm like, oh, you're talking very slowly. I think it's a regional thing as well. Southern, I guess we do speak more quickly. And I can listen to people on double speed and they still sound about the same as I sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've sped you up on mine a few times. It's quite amusing. You know, people are like, who is that? I'm like, no, 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 I've sped it up because uh, you're really fast <laughs> talking anyway. So when I speed it up, it's really fast. <laughs> quite amusing. Um, but yeah, so there's some of the things. And another one, a big one is relationship concerns um, and it's how you know all those things combined if you talk over people all the time if you don't listen because you struggle to focus you know being inattentive easily bored and can say things that are quite blunt or rude which I am literally describing myself here it can come across to the other person as quite insensitive and uncaring so it can really affect not just like partners but family children um, if they don't Mm -hmm. understand you or where you're coming from they'll take it personally um 
I don't know. I mean, we, Jamie's not diagnosed, but we're acting like he is. <laughs> he is. But like, no, do you I ever know. see I'm... that in Jamie or do you ever see that in Elodie? Just that's those sort of really defective relationships. Yes. And it, oh, yeah, I mean, hugely. Um, she's just started high school. And actually, this is the first time she's really had friendships that have lasted. I mean, she started in September. It's, she hasn't been there for even two months yet. Um but yeah, very much so because she can. It, it it to the outside observer, it looks like she's only interested in herself. Um, but I have a friend who's my age, so um, oh, nearly forty. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she, we can. I saw her very recently in a group and someone can be talking about something very, very deep. I don't think she has ADHD, but it's, it's part of that relationship thing. Someone was talking about something really deep. Um, I mean, to the point it brought me to tears and she kind of chipped in them with something totally irrelevant and just literally related to herself. And I think we all understand now that's kind of a personality trait. And I think as mm. you get older, you kind of, you're more aware uh, uh, that people aren't, you know, aren't malicious. But I think, if that situation was 10, 15 years ago, that could have proved problematic with people and, mm-hmm. and relationship building. And that's what I see happening to Elodie, that mm-hmm. at her age, the children around her don't really, you know, or aren't so accepting simply because of, I guess, their age, their experience, that, that some people can be like that and it can be damaging to relationships, to friendship building. Um, that's where this Even awareness needs to come, isn't it? People yeah. need to know, and then then they won't take it personally. And that's the thing. If I do end up having a yes, you've got ADHD, Claire, I'm a bit. I probably will go through a bit of a grieving process. Of if I'd have known this years ago, people wouldn't have judged me in some things mm-hmm. I've done the way that they do and have done. I think they will be. I, I regret not being able to say, "Look, I got this. It does affect this," or it, "I might forget to contact you." So. It's not that I don't want to be friends with you. I'm just really rubbish at staying on task and remembering to do these things. Or if I cut in, it doesn't mean that I don't want to hear what you say. I just don't, I can't give up with my thoughts and it has to come out um, before I forget. And then otherwise I'll sit in silence and you'll be like, what is wrong with this girl? So if it is that, you know, like Elodie, in some ways it's great that she's got the stuff now because she can educate them. And hopefully things like this and other people talking about it, like there's some brilliant, people on instagram for instance that have really been showing me a lot like um i think there's one there's a guy called jay beach and he's talking of his current journey of trying to be assessed and trying medication and how he's gone with that and it's really interesting to see what how it's affected him and then there's people like molly's adhd mayhem where she talks a lot about how it can present how you can help get help with it how it can affect other people and it's really I wish people and it's in a really she does really cool graphics and it looks really good and you can really get the information it's like there's so much out there that needs to be pushed out there more mm-hmm. so that if you know so that teenagers know I already know what ADHD is so when my mate tells me they've got it I know that they're going to bite in at times I know they're going to forget things I know that they, they might be a bit demotivated or they might move around and fidget a lot or you know that because they'd have seen it everywhere and they'd have mm-hmm. we just don't talk about it enough I think and I think scarily one of the biggest things for adults, especially men with ADHD, can be substance misuse and it can be a way Mm, to self-medicate. And it reminds Mm -hmm. me of Sarah Harding, obviously, recently passed away, not for any of that. She had cancer, sadly, but she talked about she'd always been diagnosed from a child and she'd moved through lots of schools because no one could cope with her, apparently. Um, But as an adult, only then she started taking medication for ADHD, apparently once... um, she got quite famous and found it quite tricky I think it affected her ADHD and at that point she was also obviously then taking a lot of alcohol and I think substances Mm. and became addicted and a lot of adults with ADHD can go that way as a way of trying to calm their head and and all those other things Mm. and do you sort of worry about that with Elodie I mean how are you gonna work with well Elodie's autism means she's so rules obsessed so I don't know I mean you never say never she is only 11 she's very anti anything 
illegal mm. um she's too young to with alcohol even for me to know she's not yeah, yeah. So I don't know if she's easily led I come to think I used to think she wasn't and I'm com- coming to think perhaps she is because she's got very into all the latest trends will be she's she was quite she's kind of naturally a quite I don't know what you call them in my day kind of emo-y gothy type thing mm-hmm. yeah um previously that's how she's been she started a new school this is so stereotype you have to excuse my language but um she came kind of in inverted commas chav she'd dress in like white Nike Air Forces and tracksuits because that's what the other children did. It's part of masking, right. I guess, and yeah. trying to fit in. And that's not what she's naturally into, but she just did it because that's how she kind of made friends, mm. I suppose. So mm. perhaps she is, she's, I think perhaps she's more, I don't know if it's easily led or part of masking to try and make friends. Um, having started at high school, I can see she's happier because she's gone back to cutting holes in pairs of perfectly good tights <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know dressing quite gr- like grungy I guess um and with her dms and and she's just gone back to how she used to be so mm. but yeah so that then could be an issue if friends started using alcohol and she was trying to fit in mm. um mm. maybe but currently very very anti anything that's against the rules very very by the book um yeah so I guess that's a protective factor, but but then the masking and trying to fit in that that kind of puts her slightly at risk that perhaps. And I I could go either way. We often say she could be a, like a CEO or she could be a leader of a gang in prison. It's going to go either way. <laughs> oh god, yeah. And I think it's not just that. I mean, obviously, if I was to have this, well, my history, I've never been addicted to anything like that because I've been too scared to try any of it, to be honest. I'm so sensitive mm-hmm. to even normal sort of normal, you know, uh, prescribed medications that I'd be scared of what would happen if I took other substances and I can't control what happens in my body once they're in there. So for me, that's an element of control. If I don't take it, mm-hmm. I can stay in control of my body, which is a, an interesting thing. But um, I wanted to ask you as well about how you got, I mean, you talked briefly about how she was originally diagnosed with autism and then a few years later the ADHD mm-hmm. came through but in terms of assessment I mean there might be people listening that have children that have symptoms or they themselves so I thought we could maybe talk about how to get assessed as a child and also my mm-hmm. current experience of the process for an adult yeah um I think I mentioned earlier but she um she was diagnosed yeah with autism when she was four so she just started reception it was December um of reception um originally we thought that she had like sensory issues sensory processing disorder perhaps so we had been very lucky with how quick that diagnosis was because we were referred very quickly for a single issue um to the occupational therapist who assessed her for sensory processing disorder and went there's a lot more going on here and referred us to the panel um it's like a multidisciplinary assessment so we kind of skipped a huge part of the waiting list which is why she was diagnosed so early with um, autism or, or being autistic um once that diagnosis is in place cams just won't look at anything else which is really frustrating I don't know if it's I mean we've had this experience in Hampshire and West Sussex Mm. I don't know if it's nationwide but certainly those two counties they've both said she has a pre-existing diagnosis um, um, of ASD Uh, we will not look to diagnose they she was referred twice um, by our GP because he agreed there is definitely something more she's just clearly she's she's autistic there's definitely something more here having been through the, the courses as I mentioned before, earlier that were um, just not working for us mm-hmm. um but they just said no she's she's got an autism diagnosis why would we look for anything else which I um I can only imagine is a funding issue I can't think why you wouldn't mm, look for anything else if there's something else there um, I have, you know, several diagnoses myself, which were NHS diagnosed, mm. but CAMS, um, CAMS is a little different in how it works. So ultimately, our GP said, I can see there's something. If I were you, I would go private. Um, yeah. Got to be really careful going private um, because some 
private diagnoses aren't accepted by the NHS. So we found a psychiatrist who is lead psychiatrist of a London NHS trust um, in her day job. Um, she leads the, the youth um, mental health team for, I think it's Harringay, I'm not entirely sure. Um, and also then does private work in kind of the evenings. Um, and because of her status in the NHS, very well respected, very, very high up in the NHS, the pri- her private diagnosis is, is accepted. Mm. Sometimes if they're solely private, then it isn't. So you do have to be really careful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was funny old times because it was COVID times. Um, it was kind of the beginning of lockdown, really, May last year. Um, so it was done on Zoom. They still get all the same evidence we still had to get you know the school had to provide lots of evidence the doctor had to provide evidence we had to provide evidence all the same as if it was an in-person assessment that you gather um you just kind of send it electronically um it's reviewed then you have the assessment which is um the psychiatrist just interviewing Jamie and I then interviewing Elodie but in a very kind of child appropriate way and just watching it's on zoom so you can see how Elodie's Mm -hmm. acting and Elodie was like spinning in circles like flinging herself around on the floor it's kind of like classic she can't yeah um and then we came away with the the diagnosis of um, ADHD and anxiety um as well um then it since then our care has been transferred back to the NHS um because a private prescription I had something like 60 pounds a month um and because she's because as I say she she primarily works in the NHS and she's well respected the 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 GP accepted the diagnosis and everyone has accepted the diagnosis and we've now got the care through the NHS um and her medication is yet free on the NHS um again her you have to have regular I think it's six monthly um she has to have ECGs, um, blood, her blood pressure checks and stuff, just for the effects of, of the medication. And that's um, wow. NHS as well. Um, I don't know if it's RGP surgery, which I'm not I'm particularly, we've only been with them just over a year since we moved and I don't find them overly helpful. I don't know if it's because of COVID. I don't know if it's because of the way where we live is so hugely okay. overpopulated, but her medication hasn't been changed since she was put on it since last May it's not a high enough dose so it's frustrating for us because we can see that it takes the edge off we certainly Mm. know at 4 p.m in the afternoon that dose has run off and it's night and day but ultimately it's not the right dose and it hasn't since we've transferred we had a few we had a few reviews with them private reviews um which ultimately, you know, you can't fault <laughs> um, if you, you know, you get what you pay for, but we can't, we're not in a position to do that long-term. Mm. So it then hasn't been, it hasn't been, her dose hasn't been adjusted at all. Um, and it's a kind of, it's now a battle. Cams have now accepted her, mm. um, but they accepted her back in February to be seen. And it, we could be two, another two, three years before she's going to get seen by cams. And it's the GP can't change the dose. It has to be a psychiatrist. It has to be cams. So that's kind mm. of a stumbling block. And from what I've seen on support groups that I'm in, it's not uncommon at all to have this very long wait, very hard battle um in the NHS and I I love the NHS you know I don't I'm not I don't want to be critical but ultimately it's Mm. it's a battle I don't know if that's I know as an adult for my mental health issues I'm going through battles again trying to get support I don't know if that's what you've you felt your road your road to assessment how that's worked well yeah I think in some ways it's even harder for adults because Mm. I've actually had mental health people recently say why does it you know why do you need to know how's that going to affect you you're an adult and that's the biggest thing for me it's like of course why would it not because apparently now I'm an adult I'm setting my ways and that's that's it is that what you're saying and it doesn't matter what's what conditions I have I don't need to know because I've managed this far well actually it does matter because I, I'm not I want to improve the remaining part of my life I want to improve the remaining part of my parenting who I am as a partner a daughter a you know a friend I don't, I don't want to stay the way I am and if I learn more about me I might accept myself more I might love myself you know be more compassionate towards myself the things that I really struggle with so for me 
I think it's hugely important. I'm irritated that if that's the response that mental health teams have in this country at the moment, people that are trying to find out what, you know, essentially what they are, what makes Mm -hmm. them them, then what, you know, that's why probably there's so many people that that they think have ADHD, but are just not diagnosed entire lives they go without realizing and therefore they can make mistakes they can be seen as certain things that they're not essentially because they've had a condition that they didn't know existed and I think also if I know what I've got I can try and reduce what those things are I can try and find Mm -hmm. ways to live my life in a more positive excuse me positive way but I find the process so far I don't even know how it happened to me I, I was looking more for my partner who I think's got it and his son may have it too, but his son definitely has autism. We're just, just working out whether there's ADHD with it as well. And I think through reading it, I was like, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> this stuff's a bit like me. That's surely not. I've always thought there's no way because of what I thought it was um, commonly. I didn't run around. I, I'm the opposite. I don't run around enough. And I think <clears throat> what I noticed was there's a lot of things I do that could be that or could be just high anxiety. Who knows? So I spoke to the mental health team while they were already talking to me about my mental health and they did a quick was it five or six questions and uh, yes, no answers. And then I got four out. Yeah, more than you're supposed to get. And that meant, yes, you're like, you might have it. And they told me about this fund at the moment called the Right to Choose, which I'll put a link on the show notes about it, really, because it's a thing at the moment where you can apply as an adult for funding be assessed for ADHD what you don't apply your GP does and they even have a letter template on there where you can just send that email that to your GP and they can literally just put your name in it and send it off so they haven't got to do any work and I did that and my GP was like yeah yeah we'll do that and within a couple of weeks I was said yeah you've got the funding and then you get this private I think it's Psychiatry UK they will do an assessment on you but I think so many people are doing it at the moment that I do not have my assessment till February so it's quite a wait still. I thought it would be quicker because it's private, but yeah, I think people are like, well, we don't know how long that this this grant's going to happen for, so let's all get on it. Um, so I'll put a link to that in case anyone is thinking, oh, maybe I do need to have a look at this myself if it's hit home a little bit. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's how I've done it so far. So it's probably been quite different to how a child would experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, medication though that worries me if if i have got it i don't know i've seen very up and down reports of this stuff i mean how have you found medication i know you said she's not on a high enough dose but do you worry about the long-term effects of of the meds um i don't because as i say she's she the 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 thing i um can't fault my my gp for as much as they it's not and it isn't on them to, to to update the dose um because they can't as I say it has to be a psychiatrist they are good um at doing the ECGs doing yeah blood pressure various various tests that they have to do because I don't know if it's the case with um Ritalin she's on Medicinet XL which is a prolonged release one um but certainly it can it's very rare side effects and I think I mean I don't think there's a medication on the planet that doesn't have a potential side effect is there um but I know with drugs I've been on in the past, sertraline, in you name it, I've probably been mm. on it. <laughs> um, I haven't had those checks to the extent that Elodie does. Every, I think, as I say, it's, it's six months, she goes in and she has these thorough, like the ECG, everything to check she's okay. So from that perspective. That's really good. I think it's really well managed. Yeah, very, very good. Um, the issue with it which I understand because I've been on as I say antidepressants so I have chosen not to be on those myself because I want currently I feel like I don't need to be on them and I want to treat like the root cause um Mm. if I felt I needed them I've always gone on them but I also kind of think well what would I be like without them I want to know Elodie has that she has that very very strongly um and if she's in a kind of bad place she'll be like why do you want me to be on this medicine that changes my personality? I am who I am. Mm. Sometimes then, and if she's in that place, then she won't take it. And that kind of, it's a spiral. Once she's, if she takes it, she's like, oh, I could focus really well at school today. I can really see the benefit of this. <laughs> um, 
but it, but yeah and it's a very understandable reaction I guess like this does change a kind of a core part of how I've, I've got to be the whole yeah, spinning mm. and you know all because of it that. change really it doesn't I suppose for her if she thinks it changes her personality it doesn't it just changes some of mm-hmm. your behaviors that doesn't define you it's so that you can get achieve the things you want to achieve it's not to change you is it and I suppose that's the worry isn't it if I take these will I not be me yeah you'll be you Mm. you'll just have possibly got a quieter head so you can actually get things done that you want to get done you might have a bit more motivation to to complete tasks to the end you you know you might focus on what people are telling you a bit more you know that I don't see that as bad I guess for me though I think seeing the adults sort of this man jay beach on instagram i saw a bit of his journey recently where he started taking them and he was like wow you know that my head slowed down it's really really good i'm getting things done i'm not i'm doing work on the laptop and i'm actually staying focused i'm not on my turning to instagram and then being on that for an hour i'm actually getting it done but then over the weeks he said do you know what i feel rough um i don't feel good uh it's causing when you wean because it when it comes off in the evenings or something i feel really bad and i have like a come down almost the next day because some of them are actual what do they have is it amphetamines in them i'm not sure um i don't know but i think that's possibly why leds on the prolonged release one so it's not a quick Uh, hit then a drop yeah I, i think that's possibly the difference the psychiatrist was very much pro mm. prolonged release um right. which is medicine but i don't i don't know if that's specifically but for elodie or if that's perhaps because of of, mm. of a come down that's more common maybe with other types i'm not sure yeah i think there's only about six medications you can take some of them have yeah mm. they're, they're different and apparently it's just like with antidepressants it's a try it and see what works for you and yeah. he's tried one and it didn't really i think it initially worked and then as he went on he said that he would get really bad headaches with that dosage going up and all these things you would feel quite ill and in the end he's at the moment he's come off of it and he's like I'll try another one at some point when I'm ready but it's quite an experience so mm. if I get diagnosed that that'll be a whole nother story of going oh do I take do I not I'm very scared of medications myself antidepressants have been quite an interesting ride for me so again I'm currently off them but I probably will need to go on them again at some point but yeah so there's a whole lot of stuff but what I suppose we've probably been talking quite a while now because it's such an interesting <laughs> subject. But I guess I'm yeah. writing a blog post about it, which probably will be up by the time this pod's out uh, on singleparentpessimist.co.uk, which will talk about all the symptoms of kids and adults, the types of support they recommend, how to get assessed for adults. I mean, I don't know so much about kids. And it will have links to certain things that might be of use. So if people want to check it out, I'll put that in there as well in the show notes. Um I think the main thing I've noticed is in terms of helping ADHD, if you think you have it or know someone that does, CBT is apparently quite good, medications, self-help groups, pets, which is the dog, sleep, but, but one of the symptoms is you're always exhausted and it's really hard to sleep. So that's a bit of a weird one to suggest <laughs> as a support. Exercise vigorously is another one. Hmm. I could do with doing that. I've got some weight to shift, but oh my God. But yeah, because it gets out the sort of anxiety that's in your your hormone your the hormones are coming out aren't they um mindfulness now you were talking about medicate medication no you weren't well you were but you also talked about meditation and you've been trained mm-hmm. in it so we were looking weren't we at you actually doing some meditations for yeah recording recording some meditations like that's something that people would be interested in i'm more than open to doing that and just providing them um sort of for download for free um to kind of help people and see how how that comes along really um yeah so people want that beneficial please message us and let us know if you want that because i think that'd be quite handy to have a section in our pod for that Um, yeah yeah in a nutshell that well not a nutshell that's quite a big nutshell uh that's what we've (laughs) been finding so far with children's adhd and adults um if anyone has anything else to add to this or anything that we could look at do dm us or email us the the info will be in the ending of this pod um and let us know if there's anything else you'd like us to talk about on the pod in relation to this topic or any others but thank Mm. you catherine for talking about elodie i hope she's okay with us doing that um she is she's an open book (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's old enough to be able to say and she's kind of she tells she tells me if she's not comfortable with something and 
she she's all about awareness um so yeah she's good perfect thank you well that's us for this one i think the next episode we might be talking about one of us possibly or we are going to be Catherine's also going to be planning one aren't you which one it was about empowering women and how we can be well, I I've got lots of ideas on my tabs <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. There about um, and it kind of links into my backstory really but like the um, kind of status of, of women in society which is quite relevant at the moment mm-hmm. um, very much yeah and then and then how we deal a separate one how we deal with um, when people are or toxic relationships, I guess, is kind of the big, big topic and how we deal with with challenges that are going to arise because of that. There's, yeah, there's, there's quite a few yeah. ideas and we're always open to hearing what other people would like us to chat about too. Um, Including yeah. topics for the men, we're not going to just be about women. So don't worry if there are any male listeners, we would like to cover topics that are for everyone. Um, so do get mm-hmm. in touch if you've got ideas too. But thank you for listening, guys, and see you next time. Bye. Bye. If you've liked this episode, please help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us a review, as this helps us to reach more people. If you have ideas about future episodes or any questions or feedback, please get in touch via the website mindvox.co.uk or via socials at mindvoxpod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can email us on hello at mindvox.co.uk.